Ha ha ha! We are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am one of your hosts, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is my co-host, Joe DeLeone. Joe, what's happening? Not much. I got back late last night at like 8 o'clock for Mobile, and I went into a coma. Went right to sleep, woke back up. You can kind of see me this morning. I was a little, little, little groggy. No sweet sleep during the week. We're back. I'm excited to talk about Tommy Rees because it, it is mind-blowing that that was a move that went down, Blake. We will get into it. Um, I think some shots will be taken from both sides on one another, from me to oh, you. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. so um, very – let, let's just say this. Tommy Rees to Alabama is extremely interesting to me. I came on this show and justified why Joe Brady wouldn't come and saying that, look, all the offensive coordinators that Saban hires have had coaching experience. Mm-hmm. Then he goes and gets 30-year-old Tommy Rees, which – I do think there are some I did I, we had mentioned this and I told you some sourcing had said Nick wants to get back to a philosophy. Nick is going to get back to the philosophy under Tommy in reference to how they structure things. Yes. Now, is it going to work? Is Tommy Reese a good play caller? That's something completely different. We'll talk about that here today. Who does Notre Dame go after? You are our Notre Dame fanboy. Fanboy. Oh, come on. You can't use a better word than that fanboy. <laughs> um, I'm not an expert, so it's so not listen, like I, I've got. Oh, so listen. There's so many things I could say. Like, do you want me to call you a Catholic altar boy? Because okay, well, that's that's it, a lot worse. That one's a lot worse. So you yeah, know what? I'll take fanboy. Especially if you're a priest. <laughs> you know, you don't want to be, you know. Mm, all right. Yes. In the name of the Father, Son, uh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. Forgive me, Father. Five cents. Anyway, I know that me and you will go after this. This is probably the biggest part that me and you will go after. Who should Notre Dame hire? Now, the real truth of what Marcus Freeman's legacy will be at Notre Dame, Joe, is who he makes a hire here. Not Al Golden. Mm-hmm. Not Root. You know, it doesn't. That doesn't matter. Defense doesn't matter. Who does he make the hire on for his offensive coordinator with Sam Hartman? And you were trying to tell me the other day, oh, Mr. Blake, why didn't you put Notre Dame in your top 10? Well, now you know why. Well, look, hey, if they hire the right person, and, and I don't want to go too far down no, this rabbit hole, they hire the right person, I, I think you got to put them in their top 10. I, I would still, I still believe, and I don't want to waste too much of our, our debate here on the opening monologue, I, I still believe that you should put Notre Dame in ahead of Washington. I think Washington's a good team. Uh, they're a Pac-12 team. I think Notre Dame's got a, a couple more nice pieces, especially with Sam Hartman. Here's the difference. Washington can beat Stanford. Can Notre Dame? Uh, oh, you're because they lost to them last year? Yeah. That was last season. We're moving on to next season. We're, we're here and we're moving on to 2023. They are absolutely can beat. They can beat Washington. I think that they have the capability to beat Washington, which is why I would have ranked them that ranked them higher. I'm a Michael Penix homer. Stop making me have I know you are. Michael I know. Penix. All right. Like I listen. And they kept our offensive coordinator. Well, what's the what's the attraction? Is it just because he's lefty? Like, is is that what it is? Or is it is, I is don't there know. I, I don't I yeah, I think him being lefty. He, he, you're too young to remember this, but mm-hmm. LSU faithful, the SEC faithful remember this. When Tyron Matthew graced the world with his presence in 2011. Yeah. 
there was a video on YouTube that came out. It was called the Honey Badger. The Honey Badger don't give a shit. The Honey Badger takes yeah, what he wants. I remember. I remember that. Okay, that's Michael Penix Jr. when he's throwing the football. <laughs> he don't give a shit. He is going to let it rip. He doesn't give to Rudy Poos who you are. I just like that, dude. Mm. I just like a guy that just gets back in the pocket and says, you're on, and his throwing motion, like he's he's just letting it rip. I just like what, you know what he reminds me of? A, a Pat White that can throw. Pat White that can throw. I mean, I can, I can see it. And I look, I like Michael Penix Jr. as well. Do I think he beats Notre Dame in a one-on-one, you know, a head-to-head matchup here if they played each other next season? That I don't know. And, it, you know, maybe me putting this out into the ether, they play each other in a bowl game and then we can actually have no, an Notre Dame has to play LSU in a playoff or bowl game first. No. Uh-uh. Are you I saying that, next, that that might happen? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Joseph, on my life, <laughs> if LSU and Notre Dame play in a bowl game, buddy, and LSU wins – Oh, you! Oh my you I'm, I'm turning my phone. I'm turning my phone off. I'm oh, turning you my have phone to do more than that. Oh. What are what's a country that ha- doesn't have extradition? Like Venezuela, you would have sure. to go to Venezuela because I will find you. You know, it's <laughs> like I listen. You know, me and my family are having breakfast this morning, and Ben's sitting there and he's watching his iPad, and it's like this little song comes on, "Little Finger, Little Finger, Where Are You?" And they pop out, "Here I am, Here I am." I'm Littlefinger coming <laughs> after you. Pause. Okay? I'm just letting you know. Ugh. All right. Also, what we will talk about today is Texas and Oklahoma. They're, it's going to wait until 2025. Joe, I think me and you are going to actually agree on this. I, You know, we kind of did in the, in the, in the, in the pregame, uh, our pregame meeting. Um, yeah. Like, I, I so, you know, it like. what I, it is. That they're they're trying to push this so hard. Ooh, they're coming. That's what she said. Who cares? Whenever whatever year they come, they come. So we need to stop know. waiting for them to come. They're gonna come eventually. Yeah, stop waiting for them to come. You know, let let them take their own times to come. If they come enough, if they come long enough, and and, and it's in a good stream, then I think fans will be <laughs> all <okay>. right. <laughs> all right. So now, uh, if you can't if you can't tell that we both didn't play football, but <laughs> well, I mean, that's really how where I learned to trash talk. Maybe we need to make that a segment one day. Like, how did trash you learn? Uh, we're gonna, yeah, that's where I learned it was the locker room. All right, so let's do this. Let's get everything rolling. Everybody, do us a favor. Stop collaborating. Listen, Joe, I'm serious about this one. I'm gonna post it probably every day in the month of February. I'm trying to give away two hundred dollars. I'm going to post it, share it every single day. I did it this morning. You got to get us to 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, 5,000 subscribers on AYS. We're really close to both of them. Mm-hmm. Just go and subscribe. Don't be a Rudy Poo. Like, I'm literally going to pick one person to give $200 to. So just go subscribe to both, and then we'll uh, we'll, we'll get you that $200 in a drawing. All right. Yes, sir. Also, if you're on Facebook, Hit the like and share. Share those Facebook groups. Share your own social media pages. Subscribe to us right now on YouTube. Hit that notification bell as well. We had a short that went viral, I guess. I mean, what is really viral? Is 11,000 views viral? No, not really. I, I think it's on pace for viral. I think on YouTube, it, it means it could pop off even more. The only problem is the topic is now outdated. Over. 
Yeah, it's outdated. Yeah. So I don't know how many people are going to even click into it. Well, we'll have a viral I mean, clip from this show, though. I, I'm willing to bet you that much. I will. Oh, we will. Multiple. I, I will tell you, I wasn't wrong in that clip. So you're I mean, absolutely right. Anyway, all right. So if you're there, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff as well. Shout out to our good friends over at TuneIn app, XM Radio, wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, subscribe as well. Had somebody send us the other day um, that they were listening to us on Spotify. So ah. love and, and Spotify is doing some things, big things. Joe, maybe we can get our video on there one day. Who knows? Who knows? It's actually not hard to get on. I, I, technically speaking, we can't, but we'll talk about that after. All right. Because you have to use their uploading platform. I would do it. I would do it just to say I'm on I'm on video what's on Spotify. Call me Joe Rogan. Like, that's exactly <laughs> what I would do, I'll do it for. All right. Let's get to our good friends over at BetOnline, BetOnline.ag. Guys, we return in 50 seconds. We got a lot to talk about. I feel like Joe's going to get a little emotional about his his boo, Tommy Reese. We'll see. We'll see. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, betonline.ag. All right, we are back. We're back. Unlike Texas, we are back. All right, Joe. So yesterday, and it's kind of been teased around, and I kind of went off on my show like about this whole Tommy Reese to Alabama thing. Mm-hmm. I will give my thoughts here again, but look, you're a Notre Dame fan. Of anybody probably in this chat right now, You've watched Tommy Reese more than anybody because you watch Notre Dame. You're a Notre Dame fan. What are your thoughts about Tommy Reese going to the University of Alabama? And to your point, Blake, I have watched a lot of Tommy Reese. Growing up, he was the, the quarterback, he was the quarterback that I, he, I... He was one of the most memorable guys, not for a good reason, memorable guys that I watched be the starting quarterback at the University of Notre Dame. And it's it's kind of funny, the level of frustration watching him play translated perfectly in the way that he called plays as the offensive coordinator. <laughs> I said this to you before we, we, we went live. It has the same energy as what happened with Brian Kelly when he left, where a lot of us were relieved because I don't want to go down the Brian Kelly rabbit hole because I know that we will we will waste a lot of time. But we're relieved, and I'm relieved, I think, for the most part, that he is leaving to go to another destination, that we don't need to suffer through him being the offensive coordinator any further, and that somebody else willingly hired him up. There were talks during most of the season of him getting potentially fired, him jumping, maybe going to the NFL as an offensive, or not an offensive coordinator, but a quarterback coach. Him leaving opens up the door for Marcus Freeman to hire somebody that he wants. It felt like... Marcus Freeman kept Tommy Rees purely for the sake of 
continuity with recruiting. Hmm. He didn't want to disrupt the last recruiting cycle and the upcoming recruiting cycle. And he wanted to do what kept the class together because that was why they kept Marcus Freeman as, as the head coach. He is now gone. And I will say this, Alabama fans, have fun watching him call the most predictable and frustrating offense that you have ever watched. And I know that you were talking about how Nick Saban wants to get back to the roots of, of what has been successful for Alabama in the past, which is a pro-style run-oriented offense. And what I saw this year, I'll give Tommy Reese credit, at the end of the season, he did absolutely lean on his running game effectively with three great running backs that he had at his disposal. But the games where they were completely shut down, the offensive approach was either throw the ball to Michael Mayer quickly or we're going to run the football. And that was what led them to a lot of their bad games, a lot of their early losses this season. And I think going forward, this is going to be better for them in the long term. All right, I say this in a non-joking way, not mm -hmm. trying to argue. And I think that you'll know that I'm being serious when I say this. Okay. Number one, Alabama right now and probably will have more talent offensively than what Tommy Reese saw last season at Notre Dame and what I think that he would see moving forward at Notre Dame. I think you got to give Alabama this more than anything. They put more offensive players in the league than Notre Dame does. Yes. Okay. So I, I just want to make the – I just want to – go ahead. Go ahead. All I was going to say is I agree at quarterback. I agree at receiver. I agree at running back. I don't not agree on, on, offensive not, line. Yeah, not on offensive, offensive line. Offensive he's, line. he's never going to have a better offensive line than the one he had at Notre Dame, especially this past year. I will just say this, and you're not going to like it. We, I am going to make I am going to make us go down this Brian Kelly rabbit hole, whether you like it or not, because okay. it does mean. Again, I'm not trying to joke on this one. Like I'm being mm -hmm. for real. We're going to go down that Brian Kelly rabbit hole. That offensive line's not going to be as good down the road as it is right now. I'm telling you. Listen for to Notre Dame. Yes, listen to what I'm telling you. Okay. I, I will get to my reasons as to why it's already starting. Okay. All right, Tommy Reese will have better talent at Alabama, in my personal opinion. However, this is the truth of why Nick Saban is hiring Tommy Reese. Number one, he wants more control of what's going on. We've seen coaches that get older, whether it be Bobby Bowden, whether it be Joe Paul. Now, I don't want to compare Nick Saban to those guys because I still think that he has a lot more wit to him fire to him, energy to him. He's not really losing his mind, but I feel like he thinks that he can control Tommy Reese more than what maybe he could do a Bill O'Brien because if Bill O'Brien's seen something from the box, I think that Bill O'Brien can articulate because he's been around and been in football longer so he can tell Saban, Nick, I know that you want to run this and you want to do these plays. We can't do it because of X, Y, and Z. I don't know if Tommy Reese has that enough cliche uh not cliche enough uh skins on the wall to be able to go up to a Nick Saban and say no because look Lane Kiffin okay he would try to control Lane and that was the reason why they had so much riffraff between one another the only one that he let go like really go was Sark and they had a lot of success Number two, this is a philosophy change for Nick. 
there have been multiple games over the past two seasons where under Bryce Young, they would have 40, 45, 50 passing attempts, and they would lose a football game. With that being said, Nick has always had a philosophy. Listen, in 2000, in 2000 mm-hmm. I was a very chubby 10-year-old boy. When Nick Saban was hired, nothing changed. I'm still chubby. <laughs> 2003, he wins a national title at LSU. He gives a persona around LSU that we are a run-first football team. And for all in, you know, for everything that LSU was, they continued that tradition under less. Everybody knows that. When you got off the bus, LSU's a running football team. He he did that at Alabama. You have Mark Henry. You have De- I mean, you have Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry. So many great backs. Alvin Kamara was a part of that running back room. Not you know when in his the very beginning of his career, he wants to get back to a philosophy of running the football. However, no, and number three, you're not going to agree with this. This is a massive win for LSU, and let me tell you why. Tommy Reese has not had has not been outside of the cocoon shell and offensive play calling philosophy outside of under under Brian Kelly more than 3 years. La- in 2021, Tommy Reese and, and and Notre Dame had the 20th best offense in the country. Brian Kelly exits and goes somewhere else. They're 60th in total offense. Yeah, now you can say well he had injuries. Notre Dame had injuries. The quarterback got hurt. The Buckner kid was just, in my opinion, you're not going to like me saying this, was worse than Drew Pond. Oh, he, he was. He, he just, he's worse. Brian Kelly, being that offensive-minded guy, would have never allowed Notre Dame to go into the season with Buckner being the outright just person. Mm-hmm. That's why Notre Dame went and got Sam, uh, Sam Hartman to go into Irishtown to take over. Brian Ke- Brian Kelly comes to Notre- uh, LSU, goes and gets Jane Daniels. He probably would have tried to do the same thing at Notre Dame as he did at LSU. Tommy Reese has gotten worse without Brian Kelly. I think that that playbook was... Now, listen, last night I went and watched a lot. Joe, I'm talking about a lot of Notre Dame highlights. You know what offense it really reminds me of? What? A great value LSU from a year ago. It really does. Zone reads, some quick screen RPO action. It was all the same. Quick tight ends, quick tight end. Let's look. You don't, you're not going to call it a rub route. They're running rub routes to the tight yeah. end. LSU's doing it. Notre Dame did it with my or with Mayor. Buddy, it's the same thing. I understand where you're coming from with with saying that that this is better for, for LSU. Look, I, you you made the statement that Tommy Reese got worse under Brian Kelly. I argue he was worse. He was already worse. I don't, I'm not saying that I don't think that Tommy Reese can't be a successful coach, but for him to be hired without a, without proven results for this position is really freaking weird to me. It's a really weird move by Nick Saban. And I do agree with you that it feels as though he is making this decision purely for the sake of wanting to have more control. And I would argue taking more control does not always mean more success. And I do believe that this ultimately could, I'm not going to say it's going to lead to a downfall because it's Alabama. They're not going to completely fall off of a cliff, but this is not going to be a positive result 
They're not going to suddenly be better than what they were with Bill O'Brien. I would argue it might put them in a position to struggle more. I do not have faith in what Tommy Reese has done. And frankly, if you're hiring a kid, because in the, in the coaching world, he is a kid, you're hiring someone that young. For those reasons, you are in a very, very bad spot. If that you're hiring the guy because you can control him and because his offense stunk last year, and I know that there were limitations, but they, let's be honest, played a cupcake schedule for most of the season. The way that they played Notre against Dame. Notre Dame, right? The way that they played against USC is a pretty clear indication of how bad that they are offensively. I agree how with they that. were. And buddy, I, I look, I joke about this a lot. Marshall did nothing special. No, nothing. They did nothing special. You know who else didn't do anything special? Stanford. You know how St- you know why Stanford won that game? They literally ran the same defensive sets that Marshall did. You yeah. know that. Yes. Okay. Yes. It, it is incredulous to me that you cannot make adjustments. That's the biggest thing is like, Tommy, why aren't you making adjustments? Well, that's I why that's that's Go why ahead. I'm not that's why I'm so frustrated by this hire. It's the predictiveness of the offense. And I've sat and watched these games and I'd be like, okay, they're gonna go run a, a Michael Mayer's getting the ball on this play. You know, they're they're running the ball right between the guard and the center on this play. Watch, they're gonna do that right now on this play. It is so predictable, but that's the biggest issue, Blake, is that he doesn't adapt. We came into halftime against Stanford and Marshall, and they're running the same crap. The things that aren't working with Drew Pine, who's clearly limited, and you're not trying to re-emphasize running the football and leaning on the things that were working, and you're still trying to do the the same silly little things that aren't producing yards. He keeps trying to do it. We see him have meltdowns in the in in the press box because I, I think he knows part of it's on him, and he should know it's on him. Yeah, but the only thing is I still think that he's going to have some relative more success because he's at Alabama. I do. Th- I just think that he has. But th- then I think about this, Joe. I say he's got better weapons. They don't have a tight end like Michael Mayer. They no. got some running backs that will be good. Now they're bring, trying to bring in some receivers. I, I, look, I, I've made this well known, and I'm not a Bill O'Brien homer. But if you think Bill O'Brien was bad, what in the good God bless it world of above and tarnation do you believe that Tommy Reese is a better offensive coordinator than Bill O'Brien is? Look, you can hate Bill O'Brien all the live long day. You could say that he he traded DeAndre Hopkins, and we've talked about this, mm-hmm. that he traded DeAndre Hopkins for a packet of ketchup, a cinnamon, a cinnamon roll, and a, and, a, and a frosted honey bun. But the bottom line was the Cardinals are now trying to ship him out too because he's a cancer in the locker room. Brian, I mean, Bill O'Brien is a really good offensive play caller. Situationally, can he be bad at times? Sure. But Bryce... Here's an example. Bryce can't throw interceptions in the red zone either. It's not always on your OC when he's calling a play. I just don't, I cannot understand in the life of me what you think, like what does Tommy Reese do that makes him so amazing? Like I don't get it. Joe, I wrote this down and I tweeted this out yesterday. Mm -hmm. Think about this. Notre Dame. They got worse in every single offensive category from 2021 to 2022. Every one of them. There wasn't one thing that they did better. They didn't score the same amount of points. They were worse on third down. They had more penalties. 
and they were older. That offensive line was older. Mayer was in his second year. You had a second-year quarterback that got hurt. Drew Pine, God bless his little soul. Drew Pine didn't even – look, you're not going to like me saying this. Mm-hmm. He He's not a good quarterback. No, he's but, terrible. But, but he did what Tommy Reese did tell him to do, and y'all did start to win. That is a little something because they stayed inside a system. Yes. Let me tell you why I think here's the justification. When Bugner went down, Drew Pine enters. Mm-hmm. And let's call what Drew Pine what Drew Pine is. A Rudy Pooh. Okay. And since he's Rudy Pooh, they really went after him and just staying in the system. They completely turned their season around and went seven and one on the way out. Well, I think that a guy like Saban looks at that when you have a guy like Jalen Milrow, Ty Simpson, and saying, I want to I want these guys to be a part of the system system. Outside of Tua coming in in the second half and beating Georgia. Alabama has not won national championships with their best quarterbacks. No. Bryce Young should Bryce Young should have won a national title at Alabama. He didn't. As a starter. They won national championships with two Cokes and a lot of Sprite. <laughs> A.J. McCarron and his really, as Brett Musburger would say, his really attractive girlfriend, now wife. Um What's his name? His it's on the top of my head, and now I can't think of it. Uh, uh, Jake Coker was oh, another yes, guy yes. that they won with. Mac Jones is another guy that they won as Greg Red Rocket McElroy. What do they all have in common? They are system quarterbacks. Yes. Saban wants to get back to the good old days. That's his justification. I'm telling you. I don't have to know or cover Alabama. At some point, the writing's on the wall. Yeah, I and one thing's for sure, though. I don't know if Tommy Reese's system necessarily sets up these guys for success. The one other thing separate from me talking about the predictiveness of it, one thing we did see where they struggled, where they struggled offensively, and there were a lot of games where they did win, and we watched teams crawl back in and then almost get back into the game at the very end of it. What was so frustrating for me watching Tommy Rees is that they did have a lot of really nice results running the football. And I'm sure that that is what Nick is excited about, knowing that they just signed two top running back recruits and they've got a bunch of other guys on the roster that looked promising behind Jameer Gibbs last year. They've got the talent. They've got a lot of really good running back talent that they can rotate and lean on like we've seen them do in the past during those years when they won those national championships. But the problem with Tommy Reese's offensive approach is I am yet to see him properly adapt when a defense steps up and stops the run game. Every time that they have their opponents have completely slowed down their run game, nothing is opened up through the air. It's a lot of third and long, a lot of third and medium, and them not completing passes. And I don't, you could make the argument that that was a Drew Pine limitation, but at the same time, with the talent that they had on that roster, they, they should have been able to convert, score more points. You can't just get completely neutralized because the defense knows how to play your run game effectively. Here's the flip. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I, and and you, make up, you make a very good point. Here's why. Just because you have more talent and just because Alabama is going to give you more talent 
doesn't mean anything when the defenses that you're going against has just as equal amount of talent. What do I mean? You're going up against, hypothetically, just get throwing this out there. In non-so-many weeks, if you make it to a, a SEC title, you're going against Georgia. Tommy Reese is not going to outsmart Kirby Smart in that defense. He's not going to know what to do. I'm telling you, he's not. Yeah, you got to go up against LSU. And a guy, really, Joe, that we haven't talked about that's really doing some good things in recruiting, buddy, at the end of the year, you got to got to go up against Hugh Freeze. You're going up against a lot of good defenses and a lot of good recruits that these guys are these teams are bringing in. Look, I'm not I am not saying that Tommy Reese is going to be an outright fail. But what I will say is I think that he is not bad. You're you're downgrading from Bill O'Brien to Tommy Reese. Like there's just no there's no other way that you can make the argument to me the justification until we see Tommy Reese on the field that Bill O'Brien is a worse offense or uh, a worse offensive coordinator than Tommy Reese. So you make a really good point here in saying that maybe on paper for Nick Saban this this hire makes sense for him to be like, "Oh, this fits the philosophy, this gets us back to what I want to do." But that's not how Nick Saban needs to make this hire. And it almost makes me think that Nick is still in the thought process of I'm the one who runs the SEC. Everyone else has to adapt to what I do. But the reality of it is this decision should have been made off of, okay, who's going to get me those wins over Kirby? Who's going to get me those wins uh, against Josh Heupel and Hugh Freeze and Brian Kelly? All those teams with great defensive coordinators. That was what the approach needs to be. It is a different era in the SEC. And I know, you know, Alabama fans and also college football fans in general, hate to have the discussion of, you know, is 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 Nick done? Like, is, is, is his tenure as the guy running the conference done? And I'm not saying that it is, but moves like this are How troubling. It, let me ask you this. How is it not when you have an SEC team that just went back-to-back national titles? Be, because Nick still has it in him. Nick's yeah, it, nobody's it's, saying it, it, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to for me, like I can't fully commit to the Nick Saban is done thing because we've seen him turn things around really no, quickly when they have it down said. here. That's not what you said, though. You said the guy that leads leads the SEC. Yeah, Nick Saban ain't leading the SEC oh, for, right now, big dog. For sure. He could, but if he had done this hire correctly, they could be leading the SEC again next year. They have the talent, they recruited really freaking well. They're going to get back to where they were, but I don't have a lot of faith in Tommy Reese. And look, you said you don't want to commit to the saying that this is a failure. I think that this is going to be a failure. I do not believe that this this result will be positive. I don't know if it results in Tommy the Reese getting fired. Reason. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying I don't know if it results in him getting fired or how this ends, but I don't think that this leads to a national championship. It absolutely Nick won't not. fire him. He will he'll get another job somewhere. He'll yes. magically get a job somewhere. Yes. Here's the only reason why I'm not going to call it a failure yet. I think that college football goes in cycles. And your back-to-back national champion, what did they do? What is their philosophy? Defense. Run the football. They hadn't hired a DC yet. They're getting Tommy Reese to come in back and run the football. Bro, look, LSU as an example, they had – dude. Under less miles, they'd run the ball 70% of the time. Mm. This first year under Brian Kelly, they shattered the record for most total rushing touchdowns that they've ever had in a year. Ever. Dude, they're running the ball over everybody. 
Joe, they were they were closer. LSU was closer to uh, 200 yards rushing per game than 100. Mm-hmm. I think Nick knows that something that we are not seeing, and I think that it is that maybe in college football, you got to get back to a little bit of running the football. What people think about all the times in the NFL, oh, it's you know all these great quarterbacks. It is, but you you still have to go out there and run the football. Look at what Jalen Hurts is doing in Philadelphia, a guy that he knows. You got to be able to run the football to control the game and control the clock. The only reason I won't completely c- commit to him being an outright failure, yeah, is I don't know who they're hiring at, at DC yet. Now I will tell you this, Joe, more than I've ever done before on this show. If Alabama hires Jeremy Pruitt and they allow him to hire Jeremy Pruitt as their next defensive coordinator, you will have to sit here for 30 minutes and listen to me absolutely just go ballistic because there's so because the NCAA and all this other kind of shit, you they can't get away with that. Now, everybody's on Jeremy <laughs> Pruitt watch. Well, dude, look. I feel like they're gonna hire Jeremy Pruitt because part of this this Tommy Rees move is I think that that Nick knows that he he doesn't need to worry about his defense. And Jeremy Pruitt hiring him means that they won't have to worry. He can he can let that he can give full autonomy to him and just let him roll. Maybe. Maybe. Uh Brock, thank you for the kind words. He says these both guys are idiots. They don't know Alabama football. Nick Saban <laughs> is gonna mold these young guys and they'll be just fine. Uh, well, Brock, if you're still with us, um let me just say this. Over and you're saying we're overreacting. Overreacting to what? We're in the be in the business of reacting. I hate that people would, people would I, I say do, that. I do hate that too. But yeah. overreacting to what? You hired an offensive coordinator that literally is the 60th best offense in the country. He stunk. This isn't he this stunk. isn't a, this isn't an up and comer. Every step of the way, again, as a Notre Dame fan, every step of the way, there hasn't been a Oh man, we're gonna lose Tommy next year. Tom, Tommy, look, Tommy's been putting really good results together. He's somebody who might be in the NFL in a few years. That's not what the sentiment has ever been. It's can can Tommy figure this out? Can Tommy get the job done? Is he gonna be here at the end of the season because he's he's been fired or moved on to another spot and asked to move to a smaller role at a different program? He is not some some young up and comer. That is not what he is. This is a weird, no. weird hire, and I, I can't fully wrap my head around it. I know we we illustrated a lot of reasons, but it does not make sense. I, it doesn't. But if they hire Pruitt, I'm telling you, I'm going ballistic. Mm-hmm. And, and look, we're, we're on Pruitt watch. So is McDonald's. But regardless, <laughs> I, I do agree. I think that you make a really good point. Yeah. That Nick doesn't have to necessarily worry about his defense if Pruitt's here because they're they have the same defensive philosophy and he's cuff he's comfortable with Pruitt. The only other thing with that though is I feel like there is something that look. I don't know if Nick thinks he's losing his grip, but look, if you nobody like Alabama fans are on on Twitter ripping me alive, saying that I'm I'm just an LSU guy or hater, and I'm like. Dude, Tommy, like if LSU would have hired Tommy Reese, everybody would, if Tommy Reese would have gone to any other school in the country, people would call it a bad hire. But because Nick Saban did it, it's fine. Now, here's another thing. 
Okay, and to play devil's advocate with you a little bit. Yeah. Nick has hired some really damn good offensive coordinators, though. But, and we talked about this when we were debating candidates. A lot of those guys that he hired had a proven track record, were head coaches otherwhere, elsewhere. You're right. You're right. Just, this one is, it, it's like a clump of guys, all the good offensive coordinators that he has. You could sit and mark down all of the traits that, that align with them. And then all the way over here would be Tommy Reese. There's no continuity. There's none. We can't draw from past experience and say, well, when he hired so-and-so, that worked out. This is unlike any other hire, unless I'm missing something. This is unlike any other hire that he's made for, I, for the offense. So I'm trying to find I'm trying to find what he sees that I don't. I'm really trying to find it, and I don't. Mm -hmm. But you know what I do have? What? A conspiracy theory. I forgot you texted me this yesterday. Let's let's hear it. Uh, here's my conspiracy theory. You ready? Mm -hmm. Okay. A couple weeks ago. Tommy Reese calls Nick Saban. I mean, or, or, or calls Brian Kelly and says, Coach Kelly, Nick Saban just called me and wants, me, wants me to be the next offensive coordinator at Alabama. And Brian Kelly goes, listen, do everything you can to be the next offensive coordinator at Alabama. I will tell Nick, I will call Nick right now and say, look, Tommy Reese is a next-level innovative mind. And Tommy, getting all giddy, responds to Brian Kelly and says, Really, Coach? You really believe I'm an innovative mind? And Brian Kelly uh, responds with, no, you really fucking suck, but I need you to spot on Alabama and report back to me. And Tommy Reese goes, yes, sir, Daddy. <laughs> that is the most ridiculous conspiracy theory that you could have. But you texted that to me yesterday when I was bouncing between flights. And come Does on. Does Tommy Reese call Brian Kelly Daddy? I mean... I'm not going to say yes or no to that question, but now come on. Oh, Wait, by the way, by the way, by the way, not I, I, a conspiracy theory. I would just like to, I wanted to throw this out to you. So let's remove for a second all the things that we just talked about. Why we're not that high on on Tommy Reese? Okay, last year we were a little bit higher on Tommy Reese, and Brian Kelly well, tried to get not. Tommy Reese. Brian Kelly tried to get Tommy Reese and Mark, Marcus Freeman to follow him to LSU. He tried to get them to come. Right. Do oh. you find any concern? Do you find any concern in the fact that Nick no. was able to hire him after? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No, I don't. He he wouldn't go with his own his own guy to the SEC. His own head coach who coached him and was no, his boss. No, but you know who did? You know who did? Mike Dimbrock, who was playing Alabama in a playoff. Well, you got look, you got the better hire. Mike Denbrock know, is the better, is the, is the better offensive that, coordinator. I think, that, I think that Tommy – here here's the difference, okay? Here's the difference in what people don't – I think don't understand. I think Tommy felt that ever, that if he was under a Brian Kelly for and continue to be under Brian Kelly, he will never get to call his offense. Mm -hmm. Like what he wants to do. Look, you know this better than most, Joe, because you're a Notre Dame guy. Yeah, Brian Kelly's going to be very heavily involved in the offensive play calling. Hey, I will tell you something else. He was very he was very heavily involved in the Alabama LSU offensive play calling. How did that play, pay out? You know who called the last two point play? Don't know yeah. if it was Mike Denbrock. Mm. Okay, so as much as people want to dookie and poo poo on Brian Kelly, no, I don't. I think Tommy Reese made a decision that he wanted to get out of the 
the shadow of Brian Kelly. And it literally backfired. I will also say this too for for Tommy Reese's decision making. Um, I think that he decided to stay at Notre Dame because he wanted to. He saw that as an opportunity to cement himself, build up his his resume, prove his capabilities as an offensive coordinator with less control. Now that didn't really work out. And as I was lamenting at the beginning of the show, a lot of other Notre Dame fans were lamenting the entire season. And most people were call, calling for his firing. I think most people anticipated he would not be the, the offensive coordinator by the end of the year. He resurrected things a little bit, and I think he saved himself a little bit of time. And I was ultimately surprised that they still stuck with him. I think that he is, is just sick of hearing all of that people calling for his head. I think there's a little bit more safety with him going to Nick Saban. There because is, all, no, the, all the I, pressure goes I completely disagree with that. I completely. It buys him time, though. We're talking about how how saving control has no control over him. No, it doesn't buy him that much time because at least two years. Bro, bro, think about this. Think about this for just a minute. There is a fan base in the country that's upset that their offense was scoring 41.5 points per game and they wanted that offensive coordinator to be fired. And you think that Tommy Reese doesn't have more pressure on him at Alabama? Dog, I love you, but listen to me. I've lived in the South my entire mm-hmm. life. I've seen toothless people from Louisiana, <laughs> Alabama, Texas, Florida, and all mm-hmm. of them are the same. Everybody says, oh, no, you have inbred people. No, you have inbred people. No, you have the most sta- – or your state has some people with the most one tooth that we've all seen. Bottom line is – Alabama football, to their credit, is a different animal. It's a different beast. And if you're going to convince me or try to convince me that Alabama fans will be more up, like, it's that's not, not so much what I'm that, That's not so much more what I'm pressure. saying. Dude, they yeah. wanted Bill O'Brien fired for scoring 41 and a half points per yes. game. I, that's not so much what I'm saying. Alabama fans are going to be are, are going to react the way that they do. You know, that that is what it is. I'm not saying more from the the, the, the fan perspective. I'm more saying the safety and the protection that comes from Nick Saban handpicking him. Like this is a circumstance for him to step into and to buy a couple of years time. Let's be completely honest. If Notre Dame finished with three, four losses because of a lack of offensive success for back-to-back seasons, he was out of a job. And that's kind of what it was trending towards. That was the direction we're going in here. I'm just saying it's, it's less pressure because it buys him extra time. If things don't go well right off the bat, they're going to be calling for him. But I will say this, though, and I think we can agree, he has more talent to work with, which means that, again, he's got less pressure on him because he's got he's going to have an easier time scheming yards for those guys than the guys that he was working with at Notre Dame, if that makes sense. It does make sense. Brock says Bill O'Brien was ass. Oh, we know where he stands. Okay, let me just say this. Did you see the way no, he spelled just- ridiculous, by the way? that was That's a new one. He spelled it with an E. I, that's a new one, man. <laughs> Re- we're ridiculous. We're re- I don't. What is a ridiculous? Oh, is my it- God. <laughs> yeah, so this is my thing. If you're going to call us out, you got to spell right. Mm, honestly. Again, though, Joe, We look, we went viral on this part, whatever. Fourth in scoring, 11th in total offense. 500 yards per game, 
24th in the country in first in, in fourth in first downs. Here's the thing that Tommy Reese has got to, is going to have to come in and help fix. Yeah. Now, if Tommy Reese can do this, and we'll get to this Notre Dame OC in just a second, 126th in penalties. I don't know how Notre Dame did in penalties last year. I, I would, God seventh. damn it, I wish I pulled that. I would, I would, they were seventh. 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 I do, there is a part of me of the only thing, the only thing that, that Notre Dame got better in offensively was penalties. However, there's a fine line with that. Right. There's a really fine line with that. All right. I will I will concede before we transition. I do think that there is a path for success. I do think that there is a way for this to work I out. I agree with that. And it's all going to come down to if Tommy can learn from his mistakes. Okay. Because, look, the run game is going to be 10 times better than it's it's been in over the previous regimes. I, I can promise you that. The What he was working with, and I know that they had – a better offensive line for what he was working with, with limitations at quarterback, they ran the ball really, really well. Audric Estime, Logan Diggs, Chris Tyree are all pretty good running backs. Most of them are four-star kids. They ran the ball really, really hard. And I think that there's a lot more talent at running back in Alabama. If he can replicate that, the scheme, the way that they were doing things, I think that they're going to almost not double, but have, you know, a significant jump in the amount of yards that he was able to produce Last year when he was I don't know if I agree with that, Joe. They were running the ball for 150 yards per game. It's not like Alabama's offensive. But, offensive but that was but that was being oh, you're talking about Alabama was running for 150 yards per game. Yeah. But yeah, I think but there's gonna be so much more of an emphasis on running the football. Like I think that that's what what, what I agree with that. I agree with that. But let's not let's not sit here and act like Alabama wasn't running up and down the field on people because yeah. they were. Yeah, they no, they absolutely were. And I think that they're gonna be pushing the ball you know, they're going to be pushing more in the direction of maybe getting closer to 200 yards per game. But what is going to be determinant of their success is can he help develop whoever that next quarterback is? Bingo. That Which is going to be Ty Simpson. Now, if it's, now it's interesting how they're going to use Jalen Milrow. That's the only thing I'll say. All right, let's yeah. transition here, Joe. Um, you want to tell our good friends over about BetOnline right quick as we, we try to transition here? Yeah, uh, if you're like me and you're bored out of your mind when there's no football on, look, I, college basketball is fine, but you got to make it a little bit more entertaining. The way that I do that, I head on over to betonline.ag, which has all of the latest odds, news, anything. I bet on a Southern basketball game the other day, which hit, by the way, I, I bet on them to cover. There's not a lot of sites that have like odds the, for those like games. Like the Southern Jaguars? Southern University. Okay. That bet hit. That bet hit. Uh, my my following four bets did not hit, so ignore that. But <laughs> Bet Online has all those odds, though, for any game that you're looking for, any level. Uh, I use it for all of my betting. BetOnline.ag and use that promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, betonline.ag, where the game starts. I always forget to say where the game starts. All right, you're the Notre Dame man. You're the Notre Dame fan. Look, I, I got to – Hold on, hold on, yes, hold yes, on, yes. hold on. If these two words come out of your mouth, I'm cutting the show off. What, is it Mike Denbrock? If you say Joe Brady, oh. I swear to Christ – I will throw StreamYard into the river. What if I don't know if you can throw a software that's that's not tangible into a river, but to my <laughs> you'll find a way to to my point. What if I said Mike Denbrock? 
What if I said Mike Denbrock? Would that? I'm just I'm putting that out there as like as as the connection to Marcus Freeman. What does I'm Marcus just, Freeman have? Does Marcus Freeman have any ties to Mike Denbrock? They didn't. They weren't. I were mean, they not Cincinnati? at Cincinnati? Were they not at Cincinnati at the same time? That's the only thing that I'm hanging on to. I I don't think that that is a likely one. I think it's one to consider. I think it's one that's that you could just randomly as the randomness is Tommy Reese going to Alabama. We could be like, wow, Marcus Freeman. Really I don't think I don't think Denbrock's going to leave Brian. Look, I, the, I, I don't. The one thing that I, I, you know, you do hear the Joe Brady, but at the same time, after having conversations with you, it does not sound like he has an intention to return because of his qualms with recruiting. He would rat. Li okay, listen to the yeah. LSU people and the AYS fans. They know the the connection here. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to tell you this. How do I want to say this? Just let it know that it's been known to me. It has been given to me. Mm -hmm. That Joe Brady said that he would rather brush his teeth with sandpaper than recruit again. <laughs> so it's not happening. It's, it's I, it would, it would utterly, it would utterly shock me. Like I, I would be more shocked that Joe Brady's going to Notre Dame than Tommy Reese going to Alabama. And you know how shocked I am behind that. Mm -hmm. Right. So I know well, that there's a lot of, oh, we're going after Joe Brady. But I'm sure they're going after Joe Brady. But I again, I, I agree with you after we had some conversations this week. I don't think that it is, is a likely thing. One name, first of all, what I can say is I, I don't have any inside information on this. I have simply just been reading up on what the possible candidates. And I have never seen... A, a more diverse, a wider range of names. Mm -hmm. Every single article has different names. There's no consistency. There's absolutely no consistency. I will say one name I hate. I keep seeing uh, Joe Moorhead, who was very inconsistent as an offensive play caller in Akron. Like, is is that are those results that we want to, uh, you know, translate to being the offensive coordinator? I do kind of like Byron Leftwich. That's one I keep seeing pop up. I, I don't know if Byron Leftwich has any intention or interest in coming back down to the college level. I don't know if he wants to wait out the cycle and maybe take a quarterback coaching job in the NFL, but I, I will say that that Byron Leftwich was unjustifiably fired from his position with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when their defense was a lot of the cause of the problems for them not winning games that they could have won this past season. They were one of the best offensive teams in the NFL with a 46-year-old quarterback, a banged-up offense across the board and aging receivers like I, I think that Byron Leftwich is a really talented offensive mind if you're Marcus Freeman I'm picking the phone up and going after him instead of wasting my time on Joe Brady if I'm getting someone from the NFL that's who I'm going for the Byron Leftwich angle is something that I have not thought about I didn't even it didn't even cross neither did I until I did I, I read a, uh, read some some articles this morning that I will say I do have some slight sourcing but the only sourcing I have well, you can't say that word without this being played oh I have no I'm not sharing any information <laughs> I'm not sharing any information with, with, with the sourcing that I have I don't think it's realistic that's all I'm gonna say it's 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 the same as these articles. I don't think anybody really knows. That's the thing. No, they don't. And the different the problem is, is when you have a defensive minded head coach, you like like a Saban. Okay, mm -hmm. you never know what tra trajectory they're going in. Right. You have no idea what Marcus Freeman's what what keeps Marcus Freeman up at night. Meaning, 
what like I remember having a conversation with Dave Aranda so many years ago. I think it was 2017, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And he talked about the teams that go vertical, like well, like so meaning like he was really like Lincoln Riley gave him issue, like would keep him up. And Dave did a really good job against Lincoln. Gus Malzahn gave like gave Dave a lot of uh, uh, worries. Lane Kiffin. You never just really know where these guys are going. And defensive-minded head coaches, when they talk about offense, it's always all over the place. Yeah, Here's the only thing that wor- would worry me if I'm a Notre Dame fan. You're, you're in February. You're late, yeah. late, late in this process. You're going to have to go and spend money to get a, 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 a capable offensive coordinator. I think that there is a willingness to spend money, but – you're absolutely right. The timetables, it's it's effed right now. It's it's screwed. They there was, and I said this at the beginning of the season, like four games into TCU success, I was like, Notre Dame needs to go after Garrett Riley. And and a rival, a current rival of theirs in Clemson just hired Garrett Riley. So I there's very that's why that, that list is so diverse, and why I think so many people do not have a lot of information when in the past they usually do have indications of who could be that guy. There's no information out there because no one knows because the candidates that are out there are poo. They're crap. There's not a lot of good options. There's not a good, a lot of good options. I think that Byron Leftwich though is a really underrated one. I think after seeing all these different names that were brought up, he is one of the most attractive to go after. How funny would it be if Sam Hartman left Wake Forest to go to Notre Dame and Notre Dame hires Wake Forest offensive coordinator Wade, uh, Wayne Ruggiero. That would be hilarious. Well, because was he trying to escape him? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that would just be kind of funny. There's not a lot on the board. No. Okay. There's not a lot of guys on the board. Marcus Freeman, let me tell you how, just for fans, Joe, I don't know if how much you know of how this process goes. Marcus Freeman, when he's looking for an OC, he doesn't just start calling buddies. No. Okay, what normally happens is he calls his agent, and his agent has a long list of guys. Okay, now, do you know who Marcus Freeman's agent is? By Just a side note. Do, do you? I don't know. I don't. Uh-uh. I'm going to look it up. Good luck, because they don't publicize that. I think it might be Jimmy Sexton. And if it is Jimmy Sexton, because it was when they the whole LSU thing was going on, if it's Jimmy Sexton, Jimmy's going to be able to help him out and getting him somebody because Jimmy's going to have clients. I just don't know where they go at this point. Uh, but you know what I want to see from Notre Dame, to be honest with you? I it is. Wanna... It is uh, I think it is Jimmy Sexton. Jimmy Sexton. This quote in a football scoop article from a couple of years ago. Sexton's colleagues at CAA also represent some of the bright. He's at CAA regardless. So you're, you're on. Oh, but it, well, Jimmy Sexton is not going to allow the head coach of Notre Dame and him not be highly involved in it because Jimmy Sexton is probably, from what I hear, a very big narcissist when it comes to how he conducts business, but a really jolly guy. Breaking news, uh, an agent is narcissistic. (laughs) I don't think people would have thought about that. Right. I just don't know. Like, I just don't know where they go. Maybe Mike Denbrock. Maybe. Um, I'm sure that there's going to be a phone call. I, I would be stunned if that Marcus doesn't at least call him up and say, any interest or do you have any guys that you 
you would recommend. I, I'm I don't know what their relationship is like. I don't have any information on what their relationship is like, but I I, I would think that that would be a possibility. Let me ask you this. When Marcus Freeman called Brian Kelly for help. Like I was just thinking that I, I think I don't know what, again, I don't know what their relationship is like. You know, well, let me tell you what, I, what Brian Kelly has said here. Mm -hmm. Brian Kelly said that him and Marcus are still pretty close. Well, he tried to hire him as his defense. Right. Like, I think that's, I don't think there's any least. bad blood. And, and if right. I think Marcus Freeman needs to be thanking Brian Kelly because he wouldn't be the head coach right now if he in the left. And Correct. I'm sure that he gave a positive review on him to the Notre Dame faithful. I don't think that move would have gone through if, you know, if there wasn't a, 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 a positive recommendation. So you have no, like, who would you want? Who do you want them to hire? Don't I want, I want Byron Leftwich. I think that looking at the very, I just don't think that funny, he'll do that. Do you think he, Byron Leftwich would actually do that? I'm just talking perfect, perfect world. If you can and attract a good question, play do you caller. Think Byron Leftwich is Byron, that Byron Leftwich offense works in college football. I don't, I don't I, see why it can't. I, I, and I think that he, he was, Notre, that, go ahead. He was calling plays oriented for Tom Brady. I think that he's Not good true. enough of an offense, offensive coordinator to make adaptations to, you know, jumping down college level. I, I think that they just need a, a little bit of a, a palate cleanser and a little bit of a scheme transition because I, I think we can all agree the way that they've run things under Brian Kelly and Tommy Reese has not been good. You know who I'm calling? You know who I'd call? And you're going to laugh and you're going to hate every single second of I'm it. I'm willing ready? to bet that I am. I'd call Dan Mullen. I don't think Dan Mullen's taking that job, though. I feel like Dan Mullen – Dan Mullen would have been hired as an OC in the SEC, I feel like, by now. I feel like he is waiting no, for I don't think he would. a good head coaching I, I don't, to open up. I don't think that he would. I think, I, I think, I think Dan wants out of the SEC. Like if he's going <sighs> to coach again. But if he if he wanted out of the SEC, and I don't know what his I'm just gonna tell you this right now. I know of an SEC team that offered him the OC job and he turned it down. I know that for an outright fact. Now but there's only have there been any I don't I don't know if there's been any sourcing on if if he's been offered a head coaching job outside of the SEC. Yeah, I don't yeah, I don't know that. I, would, I just I, think he would have been he would be looking for an, uh, a head coaching job before he's looking for an offensive coordinator job. Because it's not like he left in horrible graces. He, oh, he no. Left. He left in very horrible graces at Florida. Oh, you th okay. Oh, no. They hate it. him. Like, they absolutely despise him at Florida. And what's crazy is they hire Billy Napier, who can't recruit worth a lick his damn self. <laughs> and, and so it's like a circle. I just think Dan Mullen's a witch. I think mm -hmm. he's one of the top five offensive play callers in the country because he just, I mean, he's from that. Let me, you know what I always thought? I always thought that Urban Meyer was going to stay at Ohio State and eventually he was going to get fired at Mississippi State or Florida and then he was going to go back to Urban and they were going to wreck shop. Now, here's another question. Now, I don't know how this would all how all this would transpire, but you know, there are some there are some guys from that central location. Now, Tom Herman's back. He's I, I I forget I think he's at uh, FAU now. He is at FAU, yeah. You know, so like it's just you're so late in the game, and that that stinks for Notre Dame. Is there anybody on staff that they would just promote? I don't I don't think so. I I really when Tommy Reese got promoted, you 
could see for a few years when he was working his way up that that was the inevitable outcome. Like you, you just got the sense. You can tell when a guy's moving up the coaching staff that the minute something opens up, he's going to get hired. I, I don't, and I know that Marcus Freeman's only been there for a year. I don't see anyone right now in the current coaching staff that makes like home run sense. I'm sure that there are options and I'm sure that Marcus is, is evaluating them, but I, I haven't been impressed by anybody necessarily that makes a lot of sense or that fits with what they're looking for. Like they've, they've got good position coaches. They've got great position coaches, but can any of them call plays? I have no idea. We, everybody in the chat, everybody in the chat, who do you think Notre Dame should hire? Uh, I saw Charlie Ways Jr. And I I don't, I think like on paper, it makes sense, but if you're Notre Dame, you do the Notre Dame fans would not take kindly to that. And I know that he's a good coach. Like he's not a bad coach. I gotta get. I gotta give you a little look. You know that I love you, Joe. But I gotta mm-hmm. give you a little, a little tough older brotherly love. Okay, you ready? Notre Dame needs to get out of their own way on this one. Yeah, absolutely. They need to get out of their own way on this one. Are you saying? Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was going to ask you a question. Look, listen to me. And LSU fans are going to kill me for saying this. Dude, we literally had a football coach who ate grass. Okay. He literally ran toss dive over and over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. He had running backs like Darius Geis and Leonard Fournette. It took Ed Orsron to come in and say, hey, this guy, Joe Brady, look, I've been around a lot of good offensive play callers. I've been around Steve Sarkeesian. I, I mean, they were all at USC together. I've been around Lane Kiffin. I've been around a lot of dudes. Joe Brady's one of those guys. That's how Orsron looked at it. Mm-hmm. I think Notre Dame's got to get out of their way and stop saying this guy's a Notre Dame man or whatever justifications that they're going to make, you got to get out of your way on this one. Yeah. It, is a, it is an ultimate opportunity for Marcus Freeman. Marcus Freeman could literally change his trajectory and get Notre Dame back into the relevancy that they were under Brian Kelly. He's got he's to make a home run higher. And if you want to get there, and Joe, I'm going to tell you something. Recruits would go, recruits would go to a school if your offense is dynamic and elite. Yes. They would. I, you gotta, you gotta get out of your own own way on this one. And I know that that might hurt for some Notre Dame people for, to hear, but deep down, I think everybody knows that that's just truth. I, I think that I agree with you on that, but it's asking a lot for Notre Dame to not have like like my dad went to Notre Dame. Enjoy not winning national titles. I, I, I know. If even Nick Saban, Notre Dame fans, even Nick Saban, Brian Kelly. For crying out loud, Dabo went and got a new OC that's not even on his staff. You have to make adjustments, and you got to shut your little Catholic mouths, pause, and you <laughs> got to get out of your own way. Look, L- again, LSU fans are going to kill me on this one. Notre Dame is a blue blood institutional program. College football is better when Notre Dame is good. Correct? Yes. Absolutely. Get out of your own way and stop, you know, hamstringing what you think that they should do and let the man make the hire. You, it, it would be funny. You know what would be funny? I was thinking about this last night. If Tommy Reese goes to Alabama 
and Marcus Freeman makes a better hire than Alabama did in replacing Tommy Reese. Well, one name that actually got popped up on one of these articles is Jeff Levy, the 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 Oklahoma guy who um the Oklahoma guy who who everyone was saying was was the lead candidate for Alabama's offensive who <laughs> was Alabama's offensive coordinator. Um did I say anything wrong about Notre Dame? It's Saturday morning. <laughs> it's uh, you're Saturday a Notre morning. Dame fan, Joe. Did I say anything wrong about Notre Dame? I don't know. Um, this is why I try not to read comments. I got I laugh too much at the ridiculous stuff. Joe Long. Hey, Joe, your mom says hi. Um, but to your point, I think like if you hire Jeff Levy, like that's one that considered as a, as like a possibility that I saw brought up, and that was who people were saying Oklahoma or uh, Alabama should hire. And instead, they go with Tommy Reese. I think that that's a one-up. If you hire Le- Lebby, then then you're you're one-upping Alabama. Absolutely. He says I talk crap about Catholics. Oh, he blocked him. <laughs> unblocking. <laughs> I unblocking. Uh, I was I was uh, dude. I'm Catholic, bro. You know, like. Anyway, all right. We'll just have to wait and see who Notre Dame hires. All right, we're not going to get to this Matt Rule thing. We've been trying to talk about Matt Rule since you know for five weeks. He can win. We haven't been able. To, we haven't been able to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, let's end it here, though. This whole Texas and Oklahoma thing is literally driving me insane, Joe. I am so sick and tired of hearing about Texas and Oklahoma coming into the SEC that I literally am going to throw up. Like, wait until 2025 because everybody wants them in the SEC. I know it's going to be more TV money and all this kind of revenue. I get all that. But let Mm -hmm. me just tell you this. Be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you wish for. I forget who tweeted this yesterday, Joe. But somebody said, the Big 12 is a group of five conference without Texas and Oklahoma. I agree to the money extent. Like, from a money standpoint, I agree. They bring the most eyeballs. They bring in the most money. It's really difficult for me, for you to say that. Over the last two years, Baylor won the Baylor won the Big 12. In 2021, TCU got to a national title, and Kansas State won the Big 12. Yeah. It's really difficult for me to for me to Joe, it's just so difficult for me to think that Oklahoma and Texas is going to come into the SEC and start running stuff as so many Texas fans believe that they're going to do under Sark. I literally want to vomit anytime somebody brings up the Texas Longhorns. They come out with their schedule this week and like the floor is 10 wins. Nobody, the floor is you better beat Kansas. <laughs> no, I, you're you, absolutely right. You laugh. You laugh. I'm not joking. You're absolutely I'm not right. Joking. You're 100 percent right. No, the the strange connection to like the belief of success from the past that it has led to this much delusion to this point forward. You barely you didn't even win your bowl game. You didn't even beat Washington. Let's let's focus on winning hey, winning our way, opener. You got on me about Washington earlier. They beat whom? Texas. Oh, what, who's the quarterback? Quinn Ewers. Oh, Michael Penix. You're talking about. Oh. Separate from that, I, I like. I agree with you on this. Where I don't understand why they're in such a hurry. I know from monetarily, 
Absolutely. But like if you're trying to build some momentum, staving the Big 12 as long as you can. You got all these good recruiting classes. You need to carry that momentum into the SEC. Why are you so quick to jump after you lost your bowl game and you finished with a, with four or five losses and you lost to Washington? Why do you want to step into the ring and get knocked out this quickly? There's only one one man that's alive. Only one that can bring Texas back to relevance. Only one. You want to know who it is? Sam Ellinger? Oh. We're back. <laughs> no. The only person that can bring Texas back to relevance, Chuck Norris, Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> that was not the direction I think you're taking that in. Only person. Mm-hmm. And sh- it, it broke me inside to hear that Trevette died. But walk hire Chuck Norris. That's the only person that's going to bring Texas back. I'm just telling you. It is. I, I do I, still I'm think so that. I'm so tired of this, though. Because yeah, but... they, they come in here and they act as if, oh, the SEC is going to be easy. Georgia has an easy schedule. Joe, I, let me look. I get labeled the SEC homer for belief hosts. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get ripped by the other belief hosts. Blake's an SEC homer. You know, I get ripped alive for my top 10 this week that I posted. Oh, you don't like the East. Bro, you you, you got Georgia. And then you got Texas people out here with their ideology of Southern Baptist football. And Austin's a great, crazy town. Bitch, you can't win the Big 12. Joe, they can't win the Big 12, and you want me to think that they could come into Death Valley and beat somebody up? Do you think you could go to Sanford Stadium and beat Georgia? Here's another thing. We're talking about Alabama and Tommy Reese earlier. You can't go to Neyland and Knoxville. Hulk, uh, Rocky Top, you'll always be home sweet home to me. You can't go up there and score that many points and beat them, Joe. I'm so sick and tired of the University of Texas. I want to. Sh- I just want to fucking throw up. Their success is going to be more comparable to Texas A&M than it is going to be to any of these other top teams. They will. That's the closest take, that they're going to get. That's the take, highest they're going to get. They won't have more success in the first ten years than A&M did. They oh, that is a have, hot take. They. You know why it is because they can't have that own success in the Big Twelve. That sucks. Big titty nipples. Again, you we know- we, wait, wait, we we did look. We did this. We did this a couple weeks ago when we talked about this. I I don't disagree that they're not going to struggle. They're going to struggle, but the recruiting success that they've had is 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 they've noticeable. They've been having great recruiting success, but it wasn't Bill translating. Was none of it, none of it was translating. I think that Sark already very quickly has as bad as they inconsistent they as they were last year. Sark has still turned that ship around. He's they got- haven't won a national title since Bill Clinton was in office, damn near. You're not wrong. You're absolutely not wrong. They're going to be better than Texas A&M. We have to. Maybe not Bill Clinton. Be- I think it was, uh, it was George W. Bush. But I, they're going to be better than Texas A&M. I, I see them being no, they competitive. Won't. They're not no, going to they step, they're not gonna they step in and be a Mizzou. They're not going to step in and be that bad. They're not going to be Missouri. I didn't say that. But you know but what? That's basically what that means is being worse than, than Texas A&M no. means being Missouri, Bullshit. basically. Because Missouri's had some Texas good years. Had, Texas A&M had 90 wins in 10 seasons. 90. Okay. 
Texas can't have 90 wins in the Big 12. Because they've had, had they've had bad coaching hires. They've had a lot of bad no, coaches. Sparks been there two years and couldn't do shit. Brian Kelly, Brian Kelly literally goes to LSU, wins the West. Shane Beamer has having more success than Steve Sarkeesian. Here's a hot take for your ass. Okay. Shane Beamer's having more success at South Carolina than Steve Sarkeesian is at Texas. He Tell me done, I'm he, wrong. He has done better. I He also lost oh, to Notre Dame in a bowl, better, bowl game. Which means he's having more success. I don't think that Texas gets their ass beat as, as bad against Georgia as, as South Carolina did. I think South Carolina Georgia, benefited from Georgia some circum circumstances. Big, hairy dog balls all over that Longhorn face. I think that South Carolina benefited from some oh. positive circumstances going up against Tennessee with, with an injured Hendon Hooker who went down in the middle of that game, and they were able to win that game because they of that. Clemson's his ass. But Clemson stunk last year. I said since the beginning of the season that Clemson was Clemson overrated, and they blew. Clemson would beat Texas. No, no. Clemson is not beating Texas. They would not have beat Texas last year. Te no, Look, they lost. I, I think you're on. Hold on, I'm dog. defending hold Texas on, here. On, You're too on hard second. on Texas. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. Okay. TCU, TCU beat Texas by seven and then got fucking dog walked by Georgia. And you're going to sit here and tell me that Texas is coming into the SEC. Wait, 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 wait. We don't do the transitive property on this show. If I'm not allowed no, to do it, you're not allowed to do it. Transitive property. Okay. It's about Georgia's got the big balls. Okay. You know that I'm right. Stop with this. Texas is recruiting good. Here, Arch okay. Manning. Arch Manning's not your savior. He is a little bit of, uh, overrated as a recruit. But look, I get where you're coming from. But I'm it does so not, tired of hearing about it. It does not mean. Here, here's my here's my key thoughts on 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 this. Look, they're not going to have immediate translatable success. Arch Manning's first year in the SEC is not going to be a national championship run. It's it's just not. It is too hard to transition from the Big 12 to the SEC. It is not. But I do believe that they have the infrastructure, the fan base, the what alumni base, the, the alumni base to eventually produce a good team in the SEC. They absolutely Yo, do. They have always been they have a history of being a good team. But how can they not do it in the Big 12 then? They've won national championships in the Big 12. And I know that that was over over 15 years ago, however long it's been. Tom Hussein was still alive but, when they were winning a national title. But it is possible to have. No, you were in diapers is, the last time they won a national title. It, that's not true. It is possible. It you is, were at primary school. Bad coaches. Bad oh, coaches will no hold you back. But, but bad coaching is going to hold you back that much. Bad, bad hires, collective bad, bad hires. Mike Brown is a bad coach. But my point is that as soon as Mac Brown was a bad coach, as soon as Mac Brown was done, they haven't had a single good coach. All of those coaches were all overhyped, and they were not the right man to turn the ship around. What's Sark? I think Stark, Sark still needs to prove himself, and he might not be the guy. And we talked about how Sonny Dykes might end up being the guy that they end up hiring in three, four years. Please, please, please bring that. Uh, I'm going to keep bringing it up because I think it's possible. It's absolutely possible. I don't know if Sark's the guy, but I think Charlie Strong, I didn't think that that was a good hire. I didn't think that Tom Herman was as good of a hire as everyone made it out to be. Guys that didn't really have proven legitimate success 
at big programs. I'm just so tired of hearing this Texas is back shit. They're not I back, but they can get back. Time. That's my point. Can they? But at some point, Joe, at some God-given point, we got to get to a scenario and situation was like, stop saying they're back. Stop putting them in the top 25. Stop saying they're recruiting's elite when every year they're getting dog-walked. Look, there's obvious media bias that's going to put them in there. It's the same reason why. Yeah, I think? Yeah, it's, it's silly that, that all these old-school journalists – willingly throw them in their top 25s without they don't even know it. how to work a f- an iphone and they're picking and saying telling me that texas is going to be good is going to be back well if we're being honest next year they will be back if there's a year for them to win the big 12 it's next year oh blake 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 come on i'm not listening to this dude just, they, they had refused they're returning the 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 uh, Wyoming kid at receiver that they had, Xavier Worthy's coming back. I don't when care what Wyoming back, kid they have. We got one of the best offensive lines in the country. They had one of the best recruiting classes this last year. If some of those freshmen get on the field, they're going to be really good. Hey, Their defense was underrated. All that? You know who else does all that too? Who? The SEC. But they have to win the big – they're not in the SEC yet, so they're going to be in an easier they were- conference. They have an SEC quality roster right now with the way that they recruited over the past couple of seasons. I'm getting my my tummy's starting to hurt. I can't do this anymore. I can't, we can yell I can't, about it. We can yell about it for hours. So I, I, can't, I, I, fight, I can't fight over. You know, you know that Texas is ass. I know they're ass, and I I get on my coworkers every single day that they're ass. But I just I don't think that they deserve to be assumed that they're going to be a failure again next year. I think there's a lot of positive signs. Whatever. Yeah. As Adam B says, you're they're gonna be back to being a dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see. We've been in that for an hour and 20 minutes. Good show. Y- yes, great show. Until it was going fantastic until you started that bullshit. I it hey, it's I'm being realistic here. That's all I gotta say. I'm not trying to be biased because I, I am like biased you, against. I him. like you were realistic with TCU going up against Georgia, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. I have too much. I'm a I'm a Big Twelve homer apparently, but, but you uh, are, you are. And what's so crazy is, is you're from Jersey. Oh, I have no affiliation. I don't understand I know. why. What is, is I, it because Texas has got things that are bigger? Joe, let me tell you what they don't have. Their women aren't hotter than ours in Louisiana. I'll promise you that. I, I have no. You got uh, down here in the Bayou, baby. I got. I have absolutely no context to provide for either of those states because I've I've been to Texas for like fifteen minutes. Well, I'll come teach. Let me come teach you. Uh, come to Louisiana. I'll teach you how to uh, eat crawfish. I'm sure it'll. Ha- it's going to happen soon. I'm sure All it'll right. happen soon. We're out of here. I'm All getting right. heartburn. Peace. <laughs>